Good evening, and welcome to the Elite Dynasty Podcast. I am your host, Chad Patterson, a.k.a. The Mad Chatter, a.k.a. Dr. Handsome, joined by my fabulous co-host, Mr. Addison Elko. Two episodes away from the pod, feels too long, and I'm pumped to be back. Yes. Uh, I just realized we always say good evening. Maybe we should do a pod in the morning or afternoon sometimes so it aren't so repetitive. I mean, we do seem to only do these around six to eight o'clock, which I guess is night, but I don't know. I, I can, it'd be weird to not hear in Eric's voice that little, you know, I don't even know how we started doing that, but he did every episode. Yeah. I don't know. That's uh that's an Eric thing. He is uh, definitely missed. Um, who knows what he's doing. Yeah. He didn't give a reason. Just can't, can't come today. I feel like he's just naturally just always busy. I mean, he's got his new big wig job, got a whole team under him. He's doing all these client meetings, so got to make that bread, you know? Yeah, he's got a fiance at home, a dog. <laughs> That's true. He's uh, he's living the American dream. Charlie's a good boy, though. He's a good puppy. Oh, I haven't met him. Yeah, he's a good boy. He's not better than Romeo. No, he's not. But <laughs> at least Charlie is alive, so he's got, oh, he's no. got, that, he's got that on Romeo. Uh, thoughts and prayers to our boy Romeo. He's missed for yeah, sure. Yeah, peace and peace. Yeah. So, anyway, on a on a lighter note, uh, <laughs> week week seven is in the books. It was a mm-hmm. uh, a, a great week, a uh, a roller coaster ride. Um, this whole this whole season has been, as Dooch would say, wonky. Would you agree? Very wonky. Yes, he's been super 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 wonky. Um, some big numbers put up, some low numbers put up, but we'll get into that later. But right now, let's get into what we do at the top of every show, and that's news and notes. Mm-hmm. So last week, we hit on the whole Raiders debacle. John Gruden, all the pieces that he should sell, shouldn't sell. Um, and we spoke about Amari Cooper. And I don't know exactly what was what we said in the last pod, but that was before he was traded. Now he is a cowboy. So, I'll ask you, what is his value now? How does it affect the receivers left over in Oakland? And how does it affect the receivers and offensive weapons in Dallas now? So, it's funny. So, when you guys started talking about Cooper, I'm notoriously not as high on him. And I feel like our our group chat as a whole is sort of down on him. I think Greg mentioned, who is, who is a Cooper fan, that if he leaves the Raiders, his value will go up. And I swear to you... My first thought, because I know he hates Dak, is what if he's a cowboy? Do you think his value would go up? So it is, it is interesting that he does go to a spot where he, he remains a number one option as he was in in Oakland. And some would argue maybe not as talented as a quarterback. Um, Carr has had his, his struggles, but you know both have shown flashes, one-year flashes of being a really good quarterback. Different styles, but can lead their team to victory. I think Carr was an MVP at one point or a candidate before he hurt himself. But I I don't know. So it's kind of the chicken or the egg is the Cowboys passing offense anemic because they lack a talent like Cooper or does Cooper going there? Not mean much because they can't pass for less. I don't know the answer to that. And I don't know if possibly the Cowboys offense can use him better. I I tend to think they won't because I think their offense is, they don't push the ball enough. They play too conservative, and I don't think Cooper's going to change that. Although I do think, due to the outrage of giving up a first-round pick, 
I think they're going to force feed him a lot early on just to kind of prove that this was a good deal. Um, so I don't know. I, I think his value is honestly kind of lateral. Maybe a good change of pace will be good for him mentally, just getting away from the Raiders organization somewhere new. Uh, as far as the other Raiders, you know, crop of people, Jordan Nelson, Seth Roberts, guys like that, you know, Martavis. Uh, I, can't, I can't think of the beer you named him. Brandon uh, LaFell's there too. Hmm? Brandon LaFell. Brandon LaFell. I'm staying clear uh, of all these guys. I, I guess Jordy is worth the look, but other than that, this whole offense is now just a mess. If anything, I mean, Jared Cook probably is already playing pretty well. I think he's still a tight end one, even, you know, that doesn't say a lot for a tight end to be a tight end one, but I think he still is. And with the running game kind of gone to the wayside, if we touch upon it with Lynch and Cooper gone, I think if anybody, Cook is going to see the, be the beneficiary of all this. Yeah, no, I mean, I I totally agree with with what you just said. I I don't know exactly what Amari Cooper's value is going to be. I do agree that I think it will be a lateral move. Um, I am not on one side of it being up, not on one side of it being down. So we'll see what shakes out. I'm interested to see how they use him um, this coming week. Like, is he going to immediately jump into the fold and play 90% of snaps? Well, they have a bye this week, so... They get, he gets the extra week of learning the offense, which oh, right. is good. But the week after, I'm just I'm curious what his his role will be. Will it be an mm-hmm. immediate an immediate, you know, playing every down kind of thing or not? So we'll see what happens there. Um, but I agree with you. I want no part of the Oakland receiver core. Um, if I had to choose, it would I think it would obviously be Jordy Nelson. I think we're on the same page there. Um, but do you think a guy like you know? Like a LaFell is worth a look, is is worth maybe a bye week fill in kind of move. I mean, bye week fill in, sure. As bad as card numbers were, I think he was still throwing for a decent amount of yards. I think at one point, even through the first three, three or four weeks, he was top five in, in yards. So he he was still managing to pass, you know, get the ball down the field. I mean, his first four weeks, so the, the last two weeks have been pretty terrible. But the first three weeks, he threw for 303, 288. 345 and then 437. So someone's got to catch those, right? I mean, someone's catching those yards. So I'm personally not going to, but I don't blame stashing one of these receivers hoping, you know, in the next couple weeks, one of them emerges. But I'll turn it the other way. So Cooper's on the Cowboys now. Excuse me. You have Gallup mm-hmm. the last two weeks. He's starting to emerge a little bit. Um, maybe not. I mean, last week, yes, fantasy points. But if you just watched the game, and I'm a Cowboys quote fan now, um, <laughs> you know, he he's showing the signs of being that wide receiver one that Dak can rely on. And this obviously changes his role for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you think this helps him? I've, I've seen Rob in the chat say maybe not drawing. I don't even know if he was drawing double teams, but if he were, not as many now. Or do you think, like I said before, Dak's only thrown for 250 yards and now they have a better wide receiver you know, Gallup's going to take a big hit. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I agree with um, with Rob in this. I think that Amari's going to draw a lot of attention. I think it's going to leave some open space for Gallup as well as Cole Beasley. Um, Gallup showed some definitely some flashes with a long touchdown last week. Um, he's definitely been progressing very slowly, even though he can walk on air. Um, but he <laughs> has certainly um, been a nice dash for me, and I'm hoping that someone... He's someone that 
you know, maybe not this year, but next year or the year after, he can be a guy that I can trust week to week. But I think it all depends on, on Dak. I think it all depends on if, you know, there's rumors of um, Jason Garrett being let go. If that ever happens, if they bring in a new if the, a new head coach, a new regime, will that change? So there's a lot of variables going into it, but I, I'm, sit, I'm sitting okay with, uh, with Michael Gallup's role right now. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, like you said, it, it's not likely that a, a day two wide receiver and what a second round rookie pick, you're not expecting instant success. That's that's hitting the lottery. Mm-hmm. So if you start to see flashes as early as week five or six, that's that's a great sign. They could take year two and three for like even a guy like Tyler Boyd to show flashes of being being great. So I think yeah. even showing flashes this early is definitely a good sign. I guess I'm more in the middle. I, I just want to see how this offense just looks in general before I am confident that the offense can sustain, you know, a consistent fantasy player other than Zeke. Um, yeah. But it, in a bubble, it, it can't hurt. I mean, I'm happy we got Amari Cooper for the player, but first-round pick for him is just absolutely ridiculous for what other wide receivers that I think are better we're getting in the open market. I, I get he's 24 compared to Gordon or, or Jarvis, but – Come on, man. I mean, just I, I don't get it from a Cowboys perspective, but that's a different conversation. Yeah, no, I mean, I totally agree with your with you there. I, I think that was a very bad trade on the Cowboys part. Yeah. But moving on, staying in 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 Oakland, uh, Marshawn Lynch headed to the IR, um, a big blow for uh, Nick's team, but he does have his handcuff, Doug Martin, who is per John Gruden ready to be the feature back. Are you buying into this? No. I mean, if there's anything we've learned from this season is not to believe anything or when John Gruden says, go left, you go right, or he goes right. I mean, how many players did he say is not getting traded, they're getting traded? He's just been weird this year, but if he's telling me Doug Martin's going to be the future back, I'm buying all in and Jalen Richard. And I probably would have regardless. He's got he's more athletic. I don't think Doug has gotten more, much in the tank except for a plotter goal line back at this point. So maybe you can get some TD value from him, but you know, in our half point feet PPR uh, format and just, I think he's right now more explosive. I, I would have more shares of Jalen Richard if, if possible. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I actually remember last year watching a Monday night football game and uh, Doug Martin was the, the lead back and I remember John Gruden was all over him, like loved him. <laughs> oh, so, like in the booth? It, it, like in the booth, yeah. Um, so I just think I, he's like super high on Doug Martin for some reason. So I, I get why he's saying it. I tend to agree with you that, you know, when is the last time we've seen Doug Martin produce at a high level? You know, I can't even recall yeah. when that was. So I do think Jalen Richard is, uh, you know, a great PPR candidate, a great guy to pick up or maybe um, try to trade for if you need some running back help. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, guys like DeAndre Washington. Um, sure. Let's see. Let's see what he does. Is he going to have a role at all? We don't know, but I, I think it, overall, I want no part of this offense. I agree. Also, has there been a team that's held on to their running back two and three longer than the Raiders? It feels like Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington have been there as, like, the – they could take over the lead role for, like, three years. I mean, in the league, it could only be – but it seems like forever. Yeah, 
No, it's kind of it, got like the same like Jonathan Stewart, Mike Tolbert effect when D'Angelo yeah, Williams was there. Exactly. It's just weird. I'm like, how long are we going to be having Richard as a handcuff and Washington as handcuffs? Yeah. This is funny. So, so a couple other running backs on the IR. Um, uh, Devonta Freeman, another blow to Nick's team. Um, hence why he was in such desperation to trade for a running back, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. But um, what are your thoughts on Edo Smith versus Tevin Coleman? Uh, that's tough. I mean, both have shown flashes. Edo Smith is, is finding the the end zone. I feel like at a not non-sustainable rate, but seems like Coleman's going to get his. I'm happy having both. I, I mean, it, it's going to fluctuate, I think, week to week, whether one, you know, outshines the other for that week. They're both young, 23 and 25 was fortunate enough to get the the third string handcuff which turned out to be almost the direct handcuff so i mean freeman's still going to be there next year coleman's probably going to get let go and he'll get some good money in the open market and possibly have a lead role and then edo smith will be the the tevin coleman role of the past except for going forward so for for this year purposes i'm happy having either i think coleman probably and you could tell me if i'm wrong is getting more of the snaps and I think has more of the upside, but happy having either. And I'll kind of throw a question back to you before you, after you respond to the Edo versus Coleman is what is, what is your value right now in a guy like Freeman, who I think has always been a little underrated as far as redraft goes. He always seems to go in the late second, early third, even though he has had some monster years, but now he's getting there in age. He's got a guy like Edo Smith behind him. He's got the 2020 class of running backs lingering as well do you think the Devonte freeman are behind him and is this the probably not the time but was two weeks ago probably the highest window to sell him at it's a good question i mean i'll, I'll respond to the first one first between coleman and Edo smith mm-hmm. and both haven't really stepped in and, and dominated the backfield um i expected coleman to come in and, and you know while he's getting his snaps he's he's not jumping off off the stat charts mm-hmm. which is something that I kind of expected from him because he's, he's always been like a really good change of pace back so I thought you know maybe he could once he stepped into a feature role maybe he could really um, do something with it but he, he he's really kind of underwhelming so far I will say um, Ido Smith I think we touched on it last episode he's scored in the last three out of four games mm-hmm. so he's getting carries too and he's getting carries even though he's smaller than Coleman getting carries in the red zone so I think it's pick your poison with these guys. If I had to choose, it would be Coleman. Um, but these are guys that, you know, I think are flex options at best. I don't know if I'm really trusting them in my RB slots. Um, I think we're on the same page there. As far as Devontae Freeman's value, it's tricky because, you know, what you said is right. And I proposed this question to the group, what is his value? And he's, you know, he just signed a big contract. So he's locked in for, I think, four years Oh, I didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I definitely think he's going to come back and, and have a good year next year. So I think the sell high window will be sometime in the next year. But, you know, the shelf life of a running back is, is how long? Four or five years? Yeah, he's on the he's on the wrong side of the quote-unquote peak of, uh, you know, running back. Yeah, no, exactly. So, And you're I, right, he signed through 2022, but... Yeah, so I don't think the time to sell him is quite yet, but I do think that it, it is like you've gone over the hill and you're on your way down. 
So like he doesn't have him for the year. Do you if you threw a good twenty twenty first at him? Do you think he would take it? That's a good question. Um, I probably wouldn't. Wouldn't do it or wouldn't wouldn't do Freeman? it. I wouldn't. I would. I think I'd rather have Freeman. Okay. I I think it. I think I'd rather take the shot on Freeman coming back and having another good year, than than sell him for a first at this point. Alright. But I mean obviously I'm, obviously everyone has a price, so Yeah. I mean, depending on the first, I mean I don't know, he's gonna be twenty eight at that point. Uh, yeah, it, it's tough. It depends obviously it depends the structure of your team of where you're at. I'm just talking general value. I don't think in the open market he's getting a mid to early first anymore. And a mid to early first in two years seem seems fair to me. And in a not running back heavy heavy rookie draft next year, I don't know if, if I can get him for an early first i don't know if i, would, I don't know if it would i would want him for an early it's it's tough yeah well let me ask you this out of your 47 first next year would <laughs> which one would you give for freeman if any um i mean i i'd probably give eric's for it i mean he, he's probably going to or itzler's th- those two probably will end up being the worst of my of my four which is insane a lot because they're they're both should be good but you know my running back death isn't isn't fantastic so i, I would probably take the shot of having a good production of Freeman for the next two years and was still picks in 2020 class. So yeah, I would, I would do that. Yeah. No, I think I, I already got in kind of asked for by Greg. Cause I, I was offering my first and other three way deals and he proposed McKinnon for one of my first. And I, I, I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm just not high McKinnon. Um, I know he's younger, you know, so every it's, it's different. Yeah. It just depends. So the last one we'll hit on the last running back on IR is, and we'll you know, run through this pretty quick is Bilal Powell, um, mm-hmm. a guy that's been in the league for for quite a while now. I believe he's thirty. Um, the Roto headline came out today that his career is in jeopardy because he has to have neck surgery. So, <laughs> thoughts on the Jets' backfield: Isaiah Crowell and a guy that's returning from injury, Elijah McGuire. Yeah, that's that's the the key part. Returning from injury, uh, you know, the crow has had some good games, some great games, and then some bad games. And that's what you're going to get with the crow and the Jets in general. You're going to get some volatility. Dynasty wise, I I think it's obvious you want McGuire, but for now, like if I'm Itzler, I, I think I'm cool having uh, the crow. And like you said, he came back from injury. You don't know what you're going to get from uh, Elijah McGuire. He's definitely intriguing, and I think he was dealt for, like, a fourth. And that's well worth it, taking a shot on him now. I don't think you can even get him for that price now. But I'll take I'll take a shot either of these. This is in the backfield I'm shying away from. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a great offense. It's a decent offense. It's, you know, it's not the Raiders. But I, I would take a shot on either one of those. But I, I prefer the Crow for 2018 and then going forward Elijah McGuire. Yeah, I mean, I, I offered Rob a twenty twenty second for Elijah Maguire, and he didn't want to do it. He told me that Maguire was – he didn't want to move him. Interesting. Yeah. What do you think about I that? I would have done that. I yeah. probably would have done that if I was Rob. I think I would have done that deal too. And um, I just talked about the age. I didn't realize the Crow is only 25 and Elijah Maguire is 24. Yeah, they're both very so I don't young. know, especially in a deeper 2020 class, and, a re- and he's rebuilding. He's got carry-on. He's got guys coming back. That that His running back one-twos are kind of locked up. I probably done that if I was him. I don't know who's who. Oh, it was Nick's twenty twenty second, right? The one yeah. you just got. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I would have said. Eh, I don't know. 
Yeah, well, it, maybe, it makes it a little bit closer. Maybe they'll hear this and reach out. We'll see. Um, <laughs> maybe, yeah. But, I mean, a guy that you picked up on, on waivers, Trenton Cannon. Are you excited yeah, I mean, about this guy? I didn't see much of the game, but when Powell went down, he got, you know, four. He got, he got five targets, caught four of them for 69 yards. Ended up with, nice, ended up with 73 total yards. So he seems to be that, you know, pass catching back. He's not going to run between the tackles like the Crow. And I think for this week, he has sneaky value. He went from like 0.7 points projected to 7.29. Bilal Powell news. So, you know, I don't know how much value he's going to have when Elijah McGuire comes back. But again, we don't know what to expect from Elijah McGuire. So I think he's a pretty good dynasty stash for now. Yeah, no, I think it was a good use of waiver. Uh, I didn't realize he had such a good game last week. And, you know, if if Powell was going to be out for his career and if Elijah McGuire, you know, isn't going to get acclimated right away, I think he's a great hold. So I think yeah. that was a good move. Um, yeah, it was, um, you know, I saw it on one of the Dynasty articles and I told Eric to put in for it. At the same time, like, I might use my, I was afraid I wasn't going to get him. Not that I was, like, desperate for him, but at this point I kind of just want to use my waiver. But yeah, I was happy to get him with Eric's waiver. Yeah, so that'll do it for for news and notes. Um, I don't think there were any bets, but there was a massive trade, huge, uh, a huge trade between myself and uh, Nick Famillari, um, Agent Lee. Um, a trade that was no joke. Four days of talks, um, trying to find that right piece that would put it all together we both commented like we're 99 percent of the way there it was pretty heated um now before i say so go into the details and then let me know where did it get held up and then what was the turning point of the trade sure so the details were uh nick receives Tariq cohen dj moore and doug baldwin i receive juju smith schuster chris hogan a 2022nd, a 2023rd, and a 2019 fourth. Now, where I was held up was DJ Moore. I didn't want to give DJ Moore. I spent a lot of capital to get him. Um, he's been underwhelming, but I do definitely see the talent that he has and the potential that he has. So he was a guy that I didn't want to let go of. I was fine with dumping Doug Baldwin, and I was fine not fine but I was sad to see Tariq Cohen go because I do think that he is definitely taking a huge role in that backfield but Mm -hmm. it's hard to resist a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster and to give that package to for him and to get some extra pieces and picks added on I thought was a fair deal all around actually we you know we consulted the group chats and it was pretty divided and I even plugged it into a dynasty calculator and it was said it was 100% fair so A lot of moving parts. Um, I'm super happy with it as a Steeler fan, um, as a Juju fan. Um, so, I mean, I'll, I'll get your take on it, I guess, now. What do you think? I I initially, and I, I still like it for you, you know, obviously you can, you can pay too much for a good piece, but the first thing I look at in any trade is who got the better piece. And I think, I think it's clearly you. Um, Juju erupted in his rookie season. He's playing almost as good as AB in that Steelers offense. And I don't think it's going to be that long before as quick as next year until he is the wide receiver one in that offense. So he's been super impressive. He's proven me wrong. I thought his cell window was 
now or in the off season, but it's gone even higher than that. Um, and honestly, like, yes, to, I mean, to get talent, you got to give talent. So yeah, you gave up three Cohen fine. You know, in that offense, yes, he's putting up great numbers. DJ Moore is the question mark here. If he becomes something great, you may look back and wish you had DJ Moore. DJ Moore could become, you, you know, you never know. And Doug Baldwin, I have no, I mean, Nick seems to be a lot higher on him than, than I am. So, which is obviously why he's happy with this trade. I'm, I mean, I guess for this year, Doug Baldwin can give you some value, but I think he's done after this year. Get rid of him. You got rid of him, I think, as good as you can after he had his really good week. And, you know, Chris Hogan's role, it is what it is. He's going to be unreliable. He'll get his 10 points some weeks. He'll be overshadowed by James White, Gronk, and Josh Gordon other weeks. And Amendola is just going to happen. I mean, uh, Edelman is just going to happen. So overall, I, I do think it's fair, but I, I don't think you gave up too much to get what I think is the overwhelmingly better piece. I mean, Juju is a, is a top 15 startup pick. If you look at most dynasty leagues, maybe top 20. I mean, Tariq Cohen, DJ Moore, and Doug Baldwin aren't even in the top, like, 60, I don't think. And so, all in all, yeah, you hurt your depth a little bit, but I, th- I think it was the, the right move for you. Yeah, I mean, it leaves me super thin at running back. I only have yeah, – I was only rostering two running backs until I picked up Capri, Capri, uh, Capri Bibbs uh, yesterday. Um, so I'm definitely hurting there. Um, Chris Hogan was a guy that Nick was going to cut to make this work. So I said, just throw him in. I didn't even want Chris Hogan. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it's just hard to resist a guy like Juju who, you know, some say that maybe he'll fade when Roethlisberger retires, but you can't bank on that. You know, I think he, he is just a talented receiver and I think he's going to continue to produce. And he's 21 years old. 21. So, I mean, I, 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 for a, a dynasty trade, I love it for me. So Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, so let's get into some of last week's matchups, and I will let you take the reins on this one. Yeah, so instead of like kind of being monotonous and going through who did what, kind of just give a, a little overview of the matchup, and then uh, you know propose a question from each individual's team, have a little dynasty debate and banter, because I think that's what everyone would prefer. So the first matchup was me versus Wire. Um, Wire BB 143 to 121. He exceeded his projections. And, you know, this puts Wire still in the hunt for the division and the first round buy, which is huge. And the thing I want to focus on a Wire's team is Marlon Mack putting up a 32 spot um, this week against Buffalo. Huge game. Now, they drafted two other running backs this year. People have taken their shots on them. You know, redrafts, they went all over the place dynasty i think was like end of second and maybe the fourth uh the other two went but 32 points is 32 points and it's a huge game i'm still not completely sold on mac um so i'm just wondering at this point are are you are you believing that he can sustain not 32 points but even like a low-end rb1 for the rest of the year or are you still a little skeptical on his overall dynasty value. I'm definitely a little skeptical. Um, I think that he, I think this is more towards the fluky side of things than Marlon Mack actually being good. Um, I think as we saw last year, the guy drops like everything. I I just don't think he has great hands. 
Um, his running in between the tackles is sometimes suspect. I'm chalking it up as a fluky game, and I'm sorry to say it, Wire, but I, I just don't see it. No, because I don't think Wire would trade Mac for two firsts. I mean, no, but nobody that he loves will go for two first. I don't even think I would give a late. I mean, if he was in the 2018 draft we just had, does he go first round? Mm. I, don't, I don't think he would have. Maybe towards the back end. I mean, but if you throw away my pick of Balage because I was just a homer on him, yeah, maybe in the back end over one of those running backs, but I'm pretty much taking the entire corp of minus Rojo and Balage at this point over Mac. No? Would you take him over, like, would you take, like, Royce Freeman and DJ Moore over him? For sure. I, I'm also higher on Royce Freeman. I, I, I'm I not buying into, I mean, maybe that we get into that later, but I, I still like Royce Freeman's talent. I'm not saying I don't like Marlon Mack's talent. I, I'm just not a fan of that type of running back as much. Maybe that's what the NFL is going toward, but you're, I, I don't know. You wouldn't take Rojo over him. I would take anybody over Rojo. <laughs> so there you go. Um, and I saw your text, but I, I just had one queued up and we can change it the way we go. But, you know, looking at my team and I, and I think the most one of the more polarizing players right now in all of Dynasty is Jordan Howard. And Jordan Howard was a guy who came into the year as a rookie and, you know, took over that role and never looked back dominant in the John Fox offense. Uh you know, led the league in or close to the league in yards his rookie year. I think over the first two years, no one ran for more yards than Jordan Howard. Sophomore year was still pretty good. I mean, back-to-back RB1 years, Matt, you know, the Navy offense comes in. He starts up okay. And for the last few weeks, has just been a TD-dependent running back. And his value is all over the place. He's still 23. I mean, there's a chance he can go to another team that pounds the rock. There's a chance that Nagy stops running him in, in down, up the middle every single time into a wall of people. And, like, the stats have shown when, they, when he runs to the outside, he picks up pretty good yards per carry. I mean, maybe they'll figure out actually how to use him. But you're Tariq Cohen lover. I mean, what is your – if if you – I mean, I kind of know your values. You came to me with what I thought was a, a really bad proposal. But, I mean, what is your value right now on Jordan Howard? Yeah, I mean, I came to you with uh, with – a pick I wanted to move and then was going to discuss adding a player or more picks or whatever. But I don't know. It's tough. I I think, like I said, I think Tariq Cohen is the guy to own in that, in that backfield. And that's not to say I don't like Jordan Howard because I believe I'm on the pod as saying that he could lead the league in rushing. Well, I mean, he came close to it or, you know, last two years he did. Right. So I mean, I mean, I mean like this year I thought that he could. No, no, I, I understand. I understand. But, um, it's tough. I wish he would get traded, to be honest with you. Me too. <laughs> but um, if we're talking him just staying on the Bears, I mean, a late first at best. And I don't even think I can get that at this point. A late twenty. If I if I don't even know if I can get a late twenty twenty first. And I don't even know if I would do that because maybe I would. I don't know. But I still believe in him. He's twenty three. And, yeah, there's plenty of running backs in history that have had good two- to three-year windows, and then they're done. The league figures them out. Their style doesn't keep up. But for whatever reason, they just phase out. And Jordan Howard could be that guy high window on him. But I don't know. I, I just still believe in his talent. 
And even this year, he fumbled on the one. I mean, he would have had what four four games above twelve points. I mean, that's that's not you know, it's not Kamara, but it's not he's not a scrub. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like he's in like the. I mean, granted, Des Bryant isn't playing with a team right now, where like the 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 overwhelming attitude on Jordan Howard right now is so bad that it, it's like it's too much at this point. Yeah, like it's I'm getting a, a, a you know mid seconds. I think offers would be like what I would be getting for him. So at this point, I just got to hold him. Hope Nagy figures out how to use him or what, what have you. But yeah, I just think one of the, the more polarizing players so, right now in dynasty. Yeah, no, I definitely get that. Um, and I think you're right. I think, I think he's a guy that you're better off holding and just waiting and see at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into the next matchup. It will be me and Kojak in, in a route. I put up 204 points, my second 200 game of the season. Ridiculous. To Kojak's 123, so, you know, an 80-plus point win. Felt good coming off, you know, a 130-point performance and three performances in the 90s. So <laughs> it was a boom week for my team. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I had a lot of guys, as you put in your power rankings, go off, and, my you know, my lowest skill player that – you know, that wasn't a kicker or a defensive guy it was Julian Edelman at 12.16 points. So it was a pretty good hell week all around. Week. Yeah. Um, Kojak's team um, overperformed his projections, but um, unfortunately ran into the buzzsaw that is my team on every other week. So a question that I want to propose to you, and I'm interested in your your take on this, is the value of Kojak's Tyrell Williams, who is currently Yahoo's wide receiver 26, and would you believe Keenan Allen is the wide receiver 27? So Keenan Allen having a, definitely a down year. Tyrell Williams is obviously a guy that you could buy for way cheaper than Keenan Allen. They're both the same age. Tyrell Williams is 27% owned. Keenan Allen is 99% owned across all Yahoo leagues. Okay. What is your cost in picks on a guy like Tyrell Williams? Uh, a late second, early third. Okay. I, I mean, that's just for this year, because going forward, I mean, Mike Williams has shown flashes, and there's a reason he went high in the draft, there's a reason he went high in rookie drafts. People love him out of college. And I'm not down on him yet. I know he had just had back-to-back games of one receptions, but early in the year he had a couple, you know, no 100-yard games yet, but a couple, one game he had two touchdowns, another one he had one, one game. So, I mean, long-term, Keenan Allen is still good, and he's kind of did this last year where he started off slow and then was like the best wide receiver in football the last half of the year. So I, I trust him to figure it out. And I personally would rather have Mike Williams than Tyrell Williams anyway so I'm not spending more than a late second on most wide receiver threes especially when they have Austin Eckler Melvin Gordon and Hunter Henry coming back I just see the window on this Tyrell Williams fad closing real hard and I'm even talking to myself out of a late second it's probably an early third okay I mean it's a fair assessment I, I think he's one of those guys that's pretty underrated every year um he definitely puts up like he's a boomer bust guy he puts up numbers um it seems to be sparingly 
but when he does, they're huge numbers. Like he had a seventy-five point or seventy-five yard touchdown reception, and like the the opening couple minutes of the game uh, last week. So yeah, but what does that do for you week to week? I mean, I get that if you happen to start him that week, like good for you. But if you're consistently starting Tyrell Williams, your team's not looking so hot. Ooh, shots fired at Kojak. I'm just saying. I mean, like if that's where you're at, and you got to bank on three catches both back-to-back 118 yard games of three and four catch i mean he's only getting four targets i mean i'm a big target guy mm-hmm. i mean he's turning his targets into something great but then you get the games where he has eight yards 22 yards yeah four, 48 yards so i i don't like those type of players at all I, i'd rather have a little bit sust- uh sustainability granted i have players on my team that are the same way but i'm not spending high draft capital on someone like that I, i'd rather have a keenan allen or the more consistent upside of a guy like Mike Williams. In my opinion, I, I think Mike Williams has better future consistent. You know, he's still worth probably a late first in, in most. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I would rather have Mike Williams over so, Tyrell. Yeah, not, not, not buying into the Tyrell Williams right now. All right, so jumping over to my side, uh, I want to talk about Brandon Cooks, a, a guy that, you know, you have stated before, you think he's boomer bust. You're you're not that high on him. I think that he's criminally underrated every single year. Guy puts up a thousand yards every season. He like just turned 24. Yeah, he's played with Hall of Fame uh, quarterbacks, but now he's in Sean McVay's system with Jared Goff, and he's still producing at a high level. Is Brandon Cooks the guy that you want out of those three receivers in LA? Um, no. But my tune has changed as long as he is a Ram. Because the, the offense is amazing. McVay's, I don't think anyone can argue, not the second best coach in football behind Belichick. And I want any piece of skill players in that offense. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I probably want him over Woods, but Cup, I don't know. It's tough. Maybe, maybe I do want Cooks over any of them. They're almost all, like, so bunched. Like I would say, almost equal in a way that I I don't know. I'm a little stumped there. Maybe I do one more than anyone else. How old is Brandon Cooks? He's like just turned 24 or something like that. Oh really? Yeah, he's super young. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he just turned 25 in September. Oh, 25. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Or the, the years of me thinking he's very boomer bust, I, I think are behind me. As long as he's in this offense, he's gonna get, and that offense just puts up numbers. And he's a big part of that. So, yeah, I guess if you had all three in a dynasty startup draft all sitting there, I'm I'm probably taking my shot on, on Cooks. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. And obviously there's some bias my way, but I, I think Cooks is an elite receiver. His work ethic, his hands, his speed, all around, he, he's just a really, really good receiver. And I think that what, he's, he's just thriving. Being what's his value to you? If I, if I offered you two first in the 19 class, would you take it? Uh, what are the first? I mean, I have four good ones, so I mean, mm, let's talk later. I don't know. If, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I was just, I was throwing hypotheticals at you. Um, what about one of the elite ones? What if I, I what if I'm locked into 102? I mean, I would certainly think about it. Okay. I would certainly think about it. Um, yeah. So, let's move on to the third matchup with you. Yep. So the third matchup was Greg versus Eric. Uh, pretty handed, you know. Greg took care of business here, scoring one sixty-one to Eric's one twenty-seven. 
you know, Greg's team's loaded. Eric's team had Connor on a bye, so that's like his best player. You know, no fault to him that he's been a stud this year. So, kind of the one guy I want to focus on Greg's team. We touched upon Keenan Allen earlier, so I'm going to pivot a little bit off of what I was going to do, and I'll go to his other wide receiver, and that's Emmanuel Sanders. And going into this year, you know, they drafted Cortland Sutton. Not me, but people still thought Demarius Thomas was the wide receiver to own that offense, if anybody in that offense. I don't know what people thought about the Denver offense going into this year. Um, But Emmanuel Sanders is a top five wide receiver this year. He's not a top five actual wide receiver, but for fantasy, he is putting up, he is the wide receiver like four. What, what would you give? And it'd be hard for Greg to, to dump Sanders at this point, given he's going for the title. But if you were to try to, in your position as a win now team, would you give a mid first for him to make a push now and possibly have him for the, for the years to, to come? I mean, Demarius Thomas may get traded, even though they kind of shut those rumors down, but well, there's smoke, there's fire. If there's a rumor, there's there. It's a rumor for a reason. Yeah. Um, what uh, would you give? Saying Greg could sell Demarius Thomas, I mean, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, what, what would you give for him? Yeah, I mean, I think I would definitely give a mid-first for him. I, I think that he's a guy that's been underrated his whole career. Um, and, you know, candidly myself, I thought that he wasn't going to be having anywhere close to the year that he's having this year. He is 31. I'll just point that out. He is 31, but I, I've always been a guy that prefers the player over the pick. And oh, I guess I didn't know he was 31. I didn't realize he was that old. Well, but you said you're in a win-now position. Yeah. I mean, a, lot of, a lot of teams are. So maybe a mid-first is nothing. If you if you win it all, I mean, you would anyone would trade a mid-first to win it oh, all. Oh, for sure. And he is a piece that can help you win it all. So this is assuming Greg would even do this. I don't even think if you gave him a mid-first, which I think that's pretty good value given this class i don't think he would do it because he needs him yeah but i'm kind of throwing out the hypothetical that he's loaded you know with depth or whatever he is but that he can part ways with sanders and not you know not lose sleep about it so i did you would give up the, the mid first for him to make that push i, I think i would yeah I, would I, you? I probably would agree i mean i wouldn't because i'm not in that spot but if i if it was my only first next year, maybe I'd be slightly more hesitant. But if I was in a position with at least two picks and I was kind of in that, you know, five to seven range in the playoffs eight, yeah, you would have to consider it. You'd mm-hmm. have to. You'd be foolish not to. Yeah, for sure. And then I forgot what I was even going to do on Eric's side. Uh, um, so looking down Eric's roster, you know, he was definitely helped a lot with the handcuffs Latavius Murray and Joku. Uh, Cook looks to be out for a long time. And I guess I'll focus on David and Joku, whose value has definitely questioned the beginning of the year or even going into this year about where he stood as a, as a dynasty tight end. But it seems as, as far as him with Baker Mayfield, that seems to be a really good connection. I think he started the Baltimore game five, 9.9 points and 16 points and 13.2 points. So they seem to have a really good connection with each other. Is he a top five dynasty tight end right now? Uh, I would say that he is. I think he's probably around number five. And I'll list you the names. Kelsey. Kelsey. No, like you, Would you take him over Kelsey? No. No. 
Ertz? No. Uh, Burton. I would take Njoku over Burton, yeah. Gronk. I would take Gronk, but it's close. So I think that's, unless I'm, am I missing somebody? Because I think that would be top five. Oh, and uh, Evan Ingram. Give me Njoku. I kind of agree, too. I do. I think, with, like, maybe the Eli moving is a good thing for his, for Ingram's value, but I, I agree. I may take Njoku over Ingram right now. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like tight ends is, is a position where maybe the top three stay the same for a while, and then the rest is just, like, a constant shit show of players. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that Njoku is in that second tier, but I think that he's definitely working his way towards that first tier. Because Baker seems to love him, and so yeah. when you're getting volume, that's that's all that's what you want in a fantasy player. And I'm looking back at, at the um, the 2017 draft now. He was taking pick 17, so you know I don't I can't remember if Eric got ragged on for taking him that high, but it's seeming to pan out taking a tight end in the mid in the early round two. No, definitely. I think he traded like a future first for it. I think that's the only reason people got him for it. I don't know what that pick turned to be in this draft. I, I could have been 101 for all we know. I have no idea. Well, let me ask you this. OJ Howard was taken nine. You'd obviously take David Njoku over OJ Howard, right? Definitely. So I think I liked Njoku more than OJ Howard going into the draft in general. With yeah. Ingram being my number one for sure. But yeah, I wasn't as high as OJ Howard on OJ Howard anyway. Yeah, I was really high on Ingram too. Yep. All right, so, so you're up. going into the fourth matchup, I have Tiz and Itzler. Let me pull it up here. <laughs> Knock if you buck. And this was a close matchup. Um, Tiz ended up winning 168 to 154. Tiz finally on the scoreboard in the win category. Congrats, Tiz. Pop the champagne. Pop champagne. Pass the cabossier. <laughs> do whatever you want. Um, putting up, you know, 39 from Patrick Mahomes. I mean, is Patrick Mahomes just the GOAT at this point? He's so good. James White putting up 26. And then his defense putting up 32, Denver D, who scored a pick six on, like, the first play of the game. So mm-hmm. he was off to a great start there. But my question um, on Tiz's side is, is Royce Freeman. And we hit on this a little bit earlier. But... With Philip Lindsay emerging as the, the the better back in that backfield, and now Royce Freeman possibly missing this game due to a high ankle sprain, what is your current value on Royce Freeman? Is he a guy you're buying? Is he a guy you're selling? Are you holding him? What are your thoughts? I, I mean, it seems like the tune on him is, is as low as it's ever been because the hype on him going into the year was crazy. Um, he shot up the redraft boards probably even as early as round three by him. I, I'm not down on Philip Lindsay, but I'm not down on Freeman either. I like Freeman's talent a lot, and there's stats that back it up of how many tackles he breaks, his yards per carry, blah, blah, blah. Like Analytically, I, I just think he is a good running back, and whether or not he looks less explosive compared to Lindsay, I don't know if that's necessarily fair to compare the two, but it it can't be... You know, not said that Philip Lindsay makes the offense move a little bit better than Reese Freeman does. I think if Freeman was 
simply, and it's it's hard because Lindsey's there, but if Freeman was the bell cow and was given the majority carries and could run and wear down a defense, almost similar to what I think about Jordan Howard, that he would thrive very, very well. But a lot of these teams tend to go to a two running back system. But I'm still buying Royce Freeman. I mean, I have four first next year. I don't think I'm getting Royce Freeman for any of those first next year from Tiz. And I think that's fair. I wouldn't expect them to say yes to any of those first next year. Leave one. Maybe if one of them pans out to be a top two, he would say yes. But as it stands now where you don't know or it's a mid first, maybe 106. I don't know if he says yes to that, honestly. Hmm. Maybe I'm just a biased Lindsay owner, but I think I would happily take an early first next year for Rice Freeman. But you would you wouldn't give it though. No, I don't, I wouldn't give it. So what would you trade? Well, if you had every pick, you know what would you what would you want to give up a Royce Freeman? If I had every pick first, every pick in every the first pick. round. I'm sorry, that's a good way to say. It. But if you had a late first, would you give it up for Royce Freeman? That I would definitely consider. I definitely think he is somewhere floating around the the late first, early second area. But probably I would probably give like picks twelve through fourteen. I think it's probably okay. fair. All right, and and you know that's me buying low, so I I think that his his he can definitely his value can definitely rise, but yeah, I I'm just not buying that his upside's capped, and I think giving up a mid first for a guy that could still emerge as the number one running back in in a, in two or three years, you may look be looking back and be like, wow, I only gave up a mid first for that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I see it for. Uh, you know, a guy with the talent, maybe the situation is a little murky right now, but I have faith that Freeman will still carve out a good role for himself going forward. Yeah, fair enough. And then, so jumping over to Itzler's team, um, his usual suspects, Tyreek Hill putting up 17, um, Ertz putting up 18, uh, Drake putting up 18. I wanted to ask you, who would you rather have from his team? Okay. Buck Allen. Or Isaiah Crowell? Crowell, for sure. For sure. Why do you say that? I mean, just... I, I just think he has... I mean, what, did Bucket three carries last week? I, I even, even... The upside that Buck showed earlier in the year, I always thought Alex Collins showed great ability when he got the ball, and I thought he was clearly the best running back in that backfield. And... We, we talked about earlier with the Jets backfield, but the Crow is, he's still the guy there and has had huge games in that offense. So from a fantasy perspective, if I'm looking for the upside and even a safer floor, I'm still going the Crow. And I thought he was older. The Crow was still in his mid twenties. I don't know what uh, Buck Allen looking up right now. He's 27. So he's even older. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to, really be dependent on a on a type of running back like Buck Allen where I'm not as nervous throwing the crow in my starting lineup weekly. Do you think both of their pick values are in the second round? Um off season, yes. I could see a team giving up like a future like a twenty twenty late first for the crow if they really need running back depth. At a late first and he gave it up for the crow, I wouldn't think that'd be too crazy before he made the trade. Okay, it's different. Mid-year guy, you throw around your future first, especially if they're late. You want to make that that playoff push, make that title run. Yeah, no, for sure. All right. I so, mean, do you agree, or do you think I'm like kind of overvaluing the crow? You seem surprised when I said no doubt. Um, I think you're overvaluing him a little bit, 
like you said, he is 25, so I guess that certainly helps, but I don't know. I, I've I've never really been sold on Isaiah Crowell. That's fair. So that's just where I'm coming from. So. All right. Uh, moving on, the matchup, which was the, I guess, you quote-unquote the dumpiest matchup, was Ridge versus Nick. Uh, Ridge took this home. The the upset, I guess, not projections-wise, because the projections was 150 to 119. Ended up being 120 to 118. But uh, overall, still an upset, I, th- I think, in most people's eyes. And Ridge's team is loaded, but the glaring negative in this lineup and throughout the whole year, barring one game, is Corey Davis. And this is a guy that went 102 in the rookie draft, was hurt a little bit in his rookie year, didn't really get his chance to shine. And, and a Tennessee Titans team, which was like everyone's dark horse in the world, had the you know the sexy backs, the one-two punch, even before Deion Lewis with Derrick Henry and DeMarco, had the wide receivers. Corey Davis is, that, is there now. You know, Delaney Walker, you know, Mariota is, is finally his year to emerge. And the offense just stinks. The offense stinks out loud. Corey Davis stinks out loud this year, barring one game. And it was interesting. I was looking at Dynasty League forums and different things involving Corey Davis. And some people said they would only give up an early second for him, late first. And one guy was like, listen, dude, like, just be, just based on the draft capital that someone would have spent. Because they're not the owner will not give him up for less than a mid first, mm-hmm. and that was kind of in my mind. Like, there's no way Ridge would give him up for less than a late first. But it is a guy that I'm a little concerned in that offense. Maybe not questioning his talent, but as long as he's a Titan, is he ever going to be startable in fantasy? Because right now he's not. And I guess I'll throw it up to you as far as like where are you at with Corey Davis right now? What would you give up for him, if anything, or you know, or what would you do if you were Ridge right now? Yeah, I mean, I I have always thought that Corey Davis is overrated. Um, the hype on him in this off season never felt warranted to me because he didn't do anything last year either. He wasn't that mm-hmm. great, and you can blame the offense all you want. You can blame Mariota all you want, but he was supposed to be a guy that was quarterback proof he was supposed to yeah. be a guy that's going to come in and give you wide receiver number one wide receiver one numbers week after week and he just hasn't so my thoughts on him are that he's overrated and would i buy him yeah would i buy him for a first no wow so no no late first i don't want him for... all right i think i would still and this happens a lot more, I think, with wide receivers, maybe more than any other position, because they take longer to develop. But draft, he was taken fifth overall. That just means something to me a, a little bit. And I get what you're saying. If you want to think he's overrated from the get-go, then fine. Then you're ne- you were never sold on him, even being the fifth-round pick in the draft to begin with. But I'm still taking a shot on a late first, for sure. I, I, that's just me. Bridge would sell him for that. Yeah. But would you give up a, a 2020 first? Like a late, if you had, I don't know, Greg's 2020 first, would you give that for him? Yeah, I mean, that I would probably do. And I would also probably do a late first next year if I had multiple firsts. But I just, I've never been high on him. I don't want him All right. for for his cost. Maybe I'm, I'm crazy glad, for I'm saying that. I'm glad I brought that, it up because this does seem to be a polarizing guy. Yeah, that's where I'm at with him. 
All right. But yeah, that was the that was the main piece that I, I think I was saying that if it's gonna that's gonna sway Ridge's season. And if he if he was a wide receiver one this year, Ridge would have a lot more than two wins or three wins, whatever he has right now. He's three and four. If Corey Davis was like the wide receiver one that I think everyone thought he could be, he'd probably be, you know, battling for the division right now. But that's what happens. And then not to say negative some, you know, discussion on guys who've done well. And we kind of alluded to it with with an Njoku, but looking at Nick's team, the guy I want to focus on, and, and as another guy that I was seeing brought up in Dynasty forums, is Gronk. Uh, missed the game this year. Uh, this year. Missed the game last week with a uh, with an injury. Uh, call it what you want. I mean, the, the Gronk truthers won't say he's injury prone, but to me, he is injury prone. He misses games every year, and that's unreliable. Yes, when he plays... He's unstoppable. He's Gronk. He's maybe the, the best gifted tight end ever to play the game and the best tight end ever to play the game. But it doesn't change the fact that people think he's worth at least a mid-first. And with you with Corey Davis and with me with Gronk, am I silly to think that I wouldn't give up one of my firsts for him right now, given he's 29, given these injury problems? Or is he going to play two or three more years with Brady and still be that know that cheat code in the tight end position that everyone kind of seeks out for yeah no, i know i definitely get where you're coming from i do think that i would give up a, a mid first for him um but I, I mean i agree with you i do think he is injury prone he's getting older he hasn't produced this season like he has in the past um but when he has the ball in his hands he's an animal and you can't take, sure. you definitely can't take talent away from the guy and i'm not saying you are but you definitely can't take that away from him but his cost is is so high because he's on a pedestal, basically. That's yeah. That's what it is for me. That's what that's what does it for me. Is I'd love to own Gronk, but I'm not giving up an early second in redrafts, and I don't really want to give up an early first in dynasty for him. I think that's totally fair. He, he, I mean, he, he's another polarizing guy, and I think he's. I think the main reason that he's polarizing is because there's a couple people in our league that worship him. Yes. So one who owns him, so he's basically unattainable at the, at the price, which is fine. Right. Everyone has their guys; they're not going to sell for anything. Right. And it's not really a guy I'm going after anyway. I'd rather hold on to Hunter Henry at 23 than spend the early first on Gronk at 29. That's just me. So if you had say 105, and you could have either Gronk or David and Joku, who are you taking? I'm still taking Gronk there. Okay. I, I thought you were going to say Ertz because I would take Ertz. I think Ertz is I'll now Ertz the, the, the second or first best tight end behind Kelsey. I think those are the, the one, two. I would move Gronk down to three. And that I still would give Gronk the edge over Ingram and Njoku. I, I, I'd i rather take the two, the one to two years of Gronk's eliteness over than the future with Ingram and Njoku. But that, that's close. I mean, Njoku is 22. The best years are in front of him. Yeah. So it's tough. I, I think it's just the asking price for him is, is what steers me away. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. Okay, so the the next matchup I want to get into is Rodgers and Dooch. Um, Dooch winning 136 to 109, a very, very underwhelming performance by Rodgers, who has slipped to, what, five in the power rankings? Mm-hmm. Putting up 109, um, undershotting his projection of 150 by a lot. Um, 
had a very down week. Michael Thomas is his highest scorer. And besides him and T.Y. Hilton, he had no one else in double digits. So not a great showing from Rodgers. Meanwhile, um, Deutsch putting up 136. This was maybe his week to lose. I'm not sure if he'll lose the rest of the year. Um, but, you know, Adam Thielen putting up, what, seven straight 100-yard games is Insane. stupid. Lamar Miller going off, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb stepping into a lead role all of a sudden. So his team is yeah. definitely looking great. But I want to focus back on a guy in Rodgers' team, and that's David Johnson. Um, he hasn't been performing the way that a lot have thought that he would this year. He was going first overall in some redraft leagues. Yeah, he is still the RB10 um, in our league. And a new offensive coordinator is coming in, in Byron Leftwich. So, is the opportunity to buy low on David Johnson, is it ending this week? I've been trying, and unfortunately, he the owner of him is the most unreachable person in our league with Rodgers. Yeah, I, I was trying to buy low. I thought tossing two future first can maybe get him. Yeah, I, I'm with you. He's still 26, and as much as people want to say he's having a bad year, that's only because he set the standard for himself so high. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll, anyone would sign up for an RB10 right now, and with any of their running backs, really. If you can get that from, you know, that that's that's great. And that's been a disappointing showing. And an offense that fired their coordinator, like you said, midway through the year. So even he was disappointed with how they were using David Johnson and the offense as a whole. I always think Rosen's going to get better, and that'll open up the, the running game. I think the offense can get better with a new coordinator. And, yeah, if, if you have the opportunity to buy low on David Johnson, I would definitely try to do that. I still think he's got three great years left. Apparently the... The ending schedule that the Cardinals face is, like, super soft. I've seen a lot of uh, fantasy analysts tweet about that, that this is the time to buy David Johnson if you want to win your, your redraft leagues. Mm-hmm. So totally trying to buy low on him. I don't know what the real price is. I'm not giving three first for David Johnson um, or Le'Veon Bell. It's kind of, I'm just kind of pairing two guys that Rodgers has and I'm going after. I'm sure other people have, but two firsts and a player, two good firsts. That, that feels more fair to me with a 26-year-old running back. I think three is a little excessive. Uh, I think there's very few guys in the league that warrant three firsts, and I, I don't think David Johnson is one of those right now. Yeah, okay. I definitely understand what you're saying. I, I, I do agree that his his buy low window is closing, and it could honestly be over on Next Sunday week. if he yep. if he comes in with, the, with this new OC and he goes absolutely off. So. Mm-hmm. You have what four days to go out go out and get David Johnson if you can. So, um, and then you're I put put you be in my shoes. Yeah. I kind of need a running back too. I got Kamara. Should I offer three first for David Johnson? It's a really tough call. I agree that I would rather give two and a player. Um, I think if you had two of your first now and maybe like a first that was like from like ten to fourteen, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I think I'm with you. I don't think I would give like three early to mid first for him. So what about two first and I throw in Greg's 2020? That that, that, would... I would, that I would give, yes. Interesting. I, I haven't really like – it's hard to get conversations going. I obviously kind of start on the lower end because I, I don't – you know, it's how any kind of negotiations start. It's rarely just an offer and a handshake. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not fluid enough to get anything going. So it's, it's a little tough, but – 
yeah, I mean, he's he's someone I would target. And if Rodgers loses this week, this it, it may be a better opportunity for me. Because not, you know, I'm fine saying that because not many people have the draft capital I have to go out and get a guy like David Johnson. So, right. you know, I'm fine with saying that. I basically traded Julio for two 19s and a 20. And if I could have traded Julio for David Johnson, I probably would have done that. So that's kind of the spin zone I, I would throw in that. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I kind of agree if David Johnson goes off and Rodgers wins it's going to be tough for me to get him off. That's why I've been trying to go for bell. Cause it's not mm-hmm. helping him right now. Right. But yeah, I think we're on the same page. Try to get David Johnson if you can. And scooting over to, to Duch's team, Adam Thielen. Is he even tradable at this point? This guy oh, is, is playing he's like unbelievable, right? He's playing amazing. If you're Duch, do you give him up for anything? I mean, I know everyone has a pro- a price, but no, could anyone match the price that would cost for Adam Thielen? No, no, you couldn't get. You couldn't even trade your sixth first for AB. And Dooch has been second place twice. He's always been. He's been in the playoffs every year. He's been that guy who deserves a title and just hasn't gotten it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you could put a price, even for the future, on winning the Gene. So I don't think he would say yes to six first. I wouldn't give six first. I mean, I'm not going to give six first. But, no, I, I don't think he's currently tradable in the position Duke is in right now. No way. Yeah. And I just pulled up. A, it's interesting because we talked about Juju Smith. He's ranked the 10th uh, in for DLF uh, wide receiver right now, and Adam Thielen is not in the list. I mean, hold on. I'm trying to say. I know the, I know age plays a lot in effect. And so he's, I mean, he's – I mean, I feel like I would take – Maybe I wouldn't. Would you trade Juju just straight up for Adam Thielen? Ooh, probably. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't, Duch would never do that. No, but I'm saying, so pitch, say it's off-season. Oh, this is an off-season move. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Because I, th- I feel like I'm still in the playoff hunt, and I feel like if I'm getting consistently 100-yard games out of Adam Thielen... That I would probably do that, mm-hmm. but the the off season is tougher because Thielen will probably be what turning twenty nine. He turns twenty nine in August. So, I mean, that's a tough. That's a super tough question. But this could be w- the would you? sell window. I mean, it can't get higher for Adam Thielen. I mean, that's true. That's absolutely true. But there's there's sell now window. You can look back and regret not selling a guy, but if you win it all. Who cares? You want it all. Mm-hmm. So I think that that should be. If I was in Duchy shoes, I'm not. I'm not entertaining any trades for any of my top guys. I'm going for the title this year. Yeah, one hundred percent. I remember a time when I don't know if it was you trying to sell me Adam Thielen for like a third or something like that, or like a fourth. Yeah. I traded Adam Thielen to Greg for a third and a fifth, and then I had a contingent second round pick that he, if he was a wide receiver too, I'd get a second. I don't even think I get the second. That's what he was going for. And then Greg traded him to Dooch for Jonathan Stewart. Wow. It's and amazing. Now it's, it's the cornerstone of Dooch's title run right now. It, it's unbelievable. It really it, is. It, it, the NFL is such a weird thing. It is. It's crazy how someone's value can fluctuate like that so much to being a guy worth a, four, a third and a fourth rounder and now maybe the top overall guy in all fantasy football. <laughs> yeah, seriously. 
It's nuts. Good for him, though. Yeah, seriously. I remember I always hated him because I drafted uh, Treadwell, and he was always in Treadwell's way. <laughs> I mean, Nick brought up, too, because I talked about how I traded him, and he was like, the whiteness got you. I'm like, you're right. Honestly, <laughs> like, if he was black, I feel like I would have kept him for sure. The way he erupted in the last season, I was like, nah, it's white guy. I can't keep this up. Um... All right, so move on to the, the last matchup, right? I guess I got one more. I think we're yeah. done yep. for this. So Rob over Josh. Rob went off 167. It, it, Josh had one of his down weeks with 95, mainly due to, to Zeke only scoring six points. But I kind of threw this to you in the chat, and you know we were obviously going to save it for here. But Rob, Mitch Trubisky, Trubisky, stuck over that. 34, 37 points. His last three weeks are 46 points, 34 and 37 points. Now, as a football player, if you're comparing him to Carson Wentz, I don't think it's really close. Carson Wentz is a way better quarterback in, in, in all the attributes, except for maybe running, because like, Trubisky is like an RB1 on that team somehow. But in Dynasty, and given the, the Nagy offense and the opportunities and the kind of struggles that the, the Eagles have, they have an aging Alshon Jeffrey, a disappointing Al Galore, no real running game. They got Ertz, cool, but it's not arguable the Bears have way more options. Would you take Trubisky over Wentz right now in Dynasty? I would not. I it's would not. close, though, right? It, it, like, it, it, it's definitely close, but I, I like... I, Wentz has shown me more since he's coming to the league, obviously, since Trubisky has. And I'm not saying that Trubisky is having these fluky games because I definitely don't think he is. I think he is actually progressing very well and becoming a good quarterback. But I got to take Wentz. But this almost feels like last year when, or two years ago, whenever Goff was the rookie, and yeah. you couldn't you couldn't get rid of Goff, and you wouldn't have take you would have taken so many other, and Wentz isn't a veteran, but so many other quarterbacks over Goff. I'm looking right now, Goff's the the quarterback six. Yeah. And granted, Trubisky's not on here, and Wentz is four. But just kind of an example, when you get the right coordinator and the right offense going, it shoots up their value. Definitely. And I don't know. I think it's tough. And it's it's obviously hard to predict what the Eagles could do to, to bolster up their offense for weapons for Wentz because you got to build around Wentz. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's something about that Bears offense and, and the way they get Trubisky going – I don't think it's crazy if you made a trade right now of giving up more for Mitch Trubisky than you would for Carson Wentz. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would never question that. I mean, I don't know when this is updated. Kirk Cousins, 10. I'm taking Trubisky. Matthew Stafford, 9. I'm taking Trubisky. Andrew Luck, Carson, you know, Cam Newton, Goff. It gets closer. So I think he's I think he's a top 10 dynasty quarterback right now. Give it that on. Talent-wise, he is not. But as long as he's Matt Nagy's with him and he's got those weapons, it's hard to argue it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the difference between Matt Nagy and and Doug Peterson are that that all that far off. So I'm, I'm hanging on to Wentz in the, in that fact. But you could also argue that Wentz is coming off a torn ACL. So I, I'm leading Wentz, but I I mean, I definitely like I said, I wouldn't question someone picking Trubisky over him. And granted, I am. Choosing to ignore the first three weeks when he scored 17, 19, and 9. Mm-hmm. But I think he's turning the corner, and it takes time for quarterbacks to develop. And I 
I hate to say it, but you know, they're using Tree Cohen more. They're they're getting they're they're doing different things in the offense and figuring out what works and what doesn't work. For sure. I mean that's um, that's just the way that the NFL has been going. It's actually really exciting to see guys like McVeigh and Nagy come in and just change what the game looks like. Well, hey, finally, you know, Jerry Jones, there was the rumors that coming out that obviously everyone wants to find the next Sean McVay, but he's going to go for a younger, flashier, see-if-it-works kind of guy. And I'm all, I'm all for that. Yeah, why not? Um, And I, I got to be honest, I did not look at, at Josh's side here, but I, I kind of found an interesting one here. So we talked about the Carlos High trade. I actually didn't. Well, we kind of did when you said Nick Chubb, but Carlos Hyde got traded. We even talked about that. Carlos Hyde got traded to the Jags. Interesting trade for the Jags. I guess they assume Fournette's not going to be back for a, lo- a long time. And, you know, even when Duke Johnson was the RB2, he had great value. And I think he was almost a low-end RB1, high-end RB2 last year when it was him and the Crow. And the first game where he is the showcase RB2, the one, gets nothing. Four points. I don't know the exact. He had one rushing attempt for negative 40 yards, and then he had four receptions for 23. I think that's going to change, but now that you've seen a one-game sample of it, do you think we're going to see the Duke Johnson of last year, which had great PPR value, or is this just going to be the Chubb show? I think it's the Chubb show, which sounds arousing. <laughs> it does. Um, and to be honest, I don't know why. I don't know why Todd Haley isn't using more of Duke Johnson, who was, what, the RB11 last year? Was he that high? I knew he was higher than I... When I heard what he was, I was like, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was an RB1 last year. Yeah. And he's just not getting used the way that he should be, and I don't see that changing. I think... It's interesting... Oh, sorry, go on. No, I just think I think Todd Haley has such a system and a way to do things, and I just think that Duke Johnson is the odd man out. It is weird because you'd think like little dumpy passes from a rookie quarterback would be great. Right. Like something they would want to get the offense going, to get Baker's confidence, complete a few passes. And I know I know four targets is four targets, but one rush, it's a little odd. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I totally agree. I, I think that your, your sell high window is long gone on, on Duke Johnson. Oh, and uh, can you and when Eric listens to this admit you were wrong when you would say in a startup you would take Duke Johnson over Nick Chubb? Oh, I would totally admit that I'm wrong on that. Okay, cool. I'm wrong. Okay. We'll admit we're wrong. I was wrong, Corey Davis. You gonna, but, uh... you gonna punish me or? Hmm? You gonna punish me? Yeah, with my Chubb. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so that was fun. I think we should do all the recaps like that. Get a little, you know. I like when people hear what we have to say, and I'm sure I'm going to get some hate from Nick and Greg on the Gronk thing, and just chime into our group chat. Or, I mean, I never really upset this, but go to our Facebook page and tell us we're wrong on a lot of things, or where you disagree or agree, because that'd be fun. It would be fun. They listen to actually follows the Facebook, which some do because we get likes on the power ranking, so some people do follow the page. But um, you just want to run through the week eight matches pretty quick. Yeah. We'll rapid fire. Uh, just say who you like. I'm not going to even go into it. Me versus Rob. Picking me. Picking you too. Tiz versus Nick. Taking Nick. Yeah, the new Nick. The new Nick team with the trade. I, I got to lead Nick. Uh, Greg versus Itzler. I'm taking Itzler. 
It's just cause based on history, because Greg hasn't beaten him since like 2016 or whatever it is. Um, until Gurley has a bye, I'm, I'm not picking against Greg. Um, fuck, my button's not working. 10 point projection Rogers versus Eric. <laughs> Give me Eric. I'm going to take Eric too. Let's go. Nets out, Cook's out again. <laughs> fuck it. I mean, the Watson and Fuller played like dog shit last game, granted against the Jags, but whatever. I mean, they can't put up good numbers. I think Eric could take this. And he's Con- he gets Connor back. In- in- we'll see it in person, too. Let's That'd go. That's exciting. Um, Ridge, this is a good match. Three versus six. Ridge versus Wire. Give me Ridge. I'm, also- I'm not going to go Ridge if. Sony Michelle is out. So I'll go wire because of the Sony Michelle injury. Fair. So I think right now he's starting with Sharp Penny and that's not good. Um okay, we both picked Dooch over Kojak. We'll have to go over that one. Eighty nine. Is there some yeah. <laughs> Oh he oh he's left some empty spots. I was gonna say. Jesus. And then wrapping it up. Wow, this is a bloodbath of projection. You versus Josh. One fifty to one oh six. Jesus. Oh, Josh has Zeke on a buy, I'm taking you. Yeah, that'd, that'd be I'm, the only hope. Zeke would have to have thirty points to beat you, so I'm taking you. I mean, the history—I haven't beat him since like week one in 2015. But I, I, I mean, how can I vote against me when I have a plus 45 projection? Yeah, that's that's tough to to bet against. So I mean, knowing me, I probably put up like 86 points, but go me. And it is we get to see Juju and Landry live. Let's go! Woo! Best weekend of the year, baby. Hell yeah. Oh, so it's moved up now that Rock and the Range isn't a thing? Yes. For me, it is. Yes. Now that nice. Rock and the Range is current or whatever, this is now the number one weekend. Let's go. It has to be. I'm so jacked up. So, those who don't know, for the last 24 years, my dad and his buddies, shout out Bib, shout out Jeff, shout out Red, I think only my dad, have been going to a Steeler game. They, they meet up once a year. I think it started with like 10 of them. 24 years ago and ever since then it's grown to I think was like 70 people last year so we go there once a year blow out tailgate good times see the game it's just a great weekend Saturday we go to the strip district get for Manny Brothers go to the best dive bar in the world and just have a good time that night and Sunday we see some football in person I, I personally love the Pittsburgh Stadium layout it's beautiful it's over the lake you get the baseball stadium there Heinz Field's rocking with the towels it's fun. It's a great time. Oh, my chub, is, my chub is, is through how, the roof. How many roof. years have you been going? Dude, I think this is my eighth year. Yeah, cause I just passed 10, 10 for me was 2016, so this is my 12th year. Um, and then our other co-host is not here, Eric, because the, the Steelers are playing the Brownies. Eric's first year at the Berg, at the, at the legendary tailgate, had the full EDP crew in, live in Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, baby! It's gonna be it's, so much fun. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, but yeah, I was even thinking I should like attempt to get your lineup in a DLF just every other week. I mean, one week I'm gonna come in dead <laughs> last, but other weeks I might win it all. And holy shit! Yeah, I mean, it's not not a bad strategy. <laughs> the only thing is now it's not a pattern anymore, so you don't you're not sure when it's gonna be. I know, I just got to spend all the money every week and just figure it out. Yeah, but when it hits, it hits. When it hits, yeah. 
So I think that'll do it for the for the show. A nice. Um, I, I feel good about this one. I feel like it was good discussion. Um, you know, we hit a lot of things, and you know we're ab- at about eighty minutes now. So yeah, uh, a great show. We and should, um, we'll just wrap it up. Yeah, next time we talk, it'll be after Steeler Weekend, which will be sad, but it'll be sad. For now, we have it to look forward to, and uh, yeah, we will see you guys next week. Hit them with the um, the social media handles. Oh, I'm gonna do it. Uh, it's at Elite Dynasty Pod for Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, if you follow the Facebook page, I post weekly power rankings, which I have fun doing them. The league seems to enjoy it. Uh, it's just a little weekly recap of everyone's how they did, how they're fluctuating, how I feel they are standing currently. Not, you know, I don't do, do just record. It's a gut how I think the team sits currently. Play. I have a lot of factors into it, so check that out. And uh, yeah. All right. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for episode 42. All right. Well, Elite Dynasty Podcast signing off. We'll see you later. Peace.